0: Welcome to the Trademark Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to hear our message today. Another thing we would love is for you to join us in person, whether that's live, online, or if you're local to DFW, come visit our location in Fort Worth, Texas. For service times, location, and everything you need to know, visit trademark.church. We hope today's message encourages you and helps you live a more fulfilling life in Jesus. Well, over the past... Few weeks we, we've been looking at uh, the, these three topics that Jesus has been discussing. Um, for maybe lack of a better term, we could call them religious practices. They're things that Jesus talks about. You know, when, when he begins the Sermon on the Mount, uh, a lot of what he's talking about is, is spiritual, it's very spiritual um, stuff. And then these, these last couple of weeks, he's gotten to very practical, tangible. Things that Jesus says not if you do them but when you do them and so there's this expectation that these are things that his followers his disciples will continue to do or are currently practicing and he's trying to bring clarity to, to the purpose of them and how to um, enact them in our lives because what was happening over time is that people were distorting how they were doing these things and it was not representing um, what they were intended for correctly and people were working to bring glory to themselves and not glory to God through these practices. And so over the last three weeks, we've, we've talked about um, generosity, prayer, and today we're going to talk about fasting. Those are the three things that Jesus covers. Generosity, giving, prayer, and fasting. Now, the, the large majority of us probably have somewhat of a grasp, somewhat of a knowledge, maybe even somewhat of a participation uh, in, in the first two. Generosity and prayer are obviously big components um, that we talk about in the church and that we, we live out um, as followers of Christ. Or we should be living out as followers of Christ. But fasting? I don't know many Christians outside of maybe a, a certain time of the year where as a church they fast that, that fasting is a regular practice in their lives, but we're going to talk about it today because Jesus talked about it. And again, he didn't say, if you fast, he said, when you fast. So let's have some conviction this morning. You know, as I was reading some commentaries about this, almost every commentator said, this is one of the major portions of scripture that people read and skip over. They don't really give it any thought in our modern world. Because this concept of fasting um, from a religious practice, from a Christian practice, is actually very foreign to us. And so hopefully today um, we'll get a a better grasp on it, we'll get some handles on it, we'll understand it a little bit better historically, and maybe there'll be some things that we can apply to to our lives. But I I need to give you a disclaimer uh, first. I'm terrible at this. So I'm not preaching today, and I don't typically like to preach on anything that is not a part of my own life, right? I don't ever want to stand up here and be like, you should do this because the Bible says, and then like, I never do it. That would be exactly what Jesus is talking about, a hypocrite. So I don't want to be hypocritical. So, so today I want to approach this just from a learning standpoint, because the truth is, as I was studying this, it's, there's things that I need to learn from this. And I think things as a church, we can learn together and then figure out how we we move forward. Because I also want to mention this, these religious practices that Jesus is talking about, and this is important for us to understand, they are not essentials to your salvation. So you got to understand that. So Jesus isn't saying, Hey, listen, if you want to make it to heaven and have a relationship with me, you better give your money. You better pray all the time and you better fast. So just take a deep breath. If you don't fast or you're not going to start fasting, uh, even though I think it'll be beneficial at the end of our message today, it's not going to keep you out of heaven. Okay. That is important for us to understand. We've been singing about it. It's been a, the, the, the ongoing theme through all of worship this morning. And, and I don't think that it was intentional. This just happens sometimes. But the theme of worship today has been what? Grace. Right? Right. I want to remind you, as we study things in Scripture, as we study religious practices and and things that are beneficial to our journey as a Christian, things that we should be doing on this journey, as I said last week, so we can get better, because we should be getting better. We shouldn't be staying the same. But I need to always remind us that what we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. Listen, grace is not about anything that we do. It's like Eric said, it's about who God is. He graciously gave Jesus. And so when we look at religious practices, the goal of our life as a follower of Christ is to get so close to Jesus, to be so in tune with who he is that the overflow of our life is not trying to earn relationship with God. We do these things out of the overflow of the closeness that we have with him. I want to give because I love God. I want to pray because I wanna be in tune with my heavenly father. I wanna fast as we'll look at so I can be deepened in this journey and learn to be even more dependent upon my father. So, just a disclaimer, I do not fast. I remember doing one fast with a church that I was a part of. And in the middle of this fast, I had to go out to a summer camp for like the whole week. And this summer camp makes really good bacon. And, and so I, 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 I uh, <laughs> can I confess? <laughs> We're on this Daniel fast and so you don't eat any meat. And they try to convince me like, Oh, this portobe- what, what, portobello mushroom or something. I don't even know. Vegetarians out there, you might know. They try to convince me that this burger that they made with a mushroom was just as good as a regular burger with like cow meat. And there was just no way. And so like, I like took a bite. I couldn't eat it. Um, uh, I think me and some of the other youth pastors, I think there's one of them here right now. I think we went and snuck at Whataburger and we were all hiding in the kitchen. <laughs> and like, some lights came on and it was like, Here's a bunch of grown men, right? Crowded in this kitchen. The lights came on and we're like. (laughs) French fries hiding from people coming in the kitchen. And then that next morning, man, I just like, I didn't eat it, but I just like sucked on a piece of bacon for like a little while. So anyways, I'm just confessing, I'm not very good at fasting, but hopefully together we we can maybe implement this into our lives because I do, after studying this, find some value and importance to it. Um, so, so let's dive into this and, and try to answer some questions. What is fasting? Let's first just try to get this out on the table. What is fasting? Well, strictly speaking, fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time. Strictly speaking, when the Bible talks about fasting, uh, it's not talking about a break from your phone. Now listen, I, I think you can fast from all sorts of things and we've taken that term in, in we, we've used it in different ways to say, hey, I'm fasting from this, I'm fasting from technology, TV, I'm fasting from particular things. But strictly speaking, when you study fasting throughout scripture, it is abstaining from food for a period of time. And so I think it's important for us to, to know that that is the root of, of fasting from the biblical standpoint. Now, to give you some historical context, Um, Jesus is speaking to a particular audience. Fasting was not going to be a foreign concept to them. Fasting was uh, very much a a part of the regular religious practice in their culture and the cultures uh, around Jesus who would have been hearing this. Um, And so as you look at scripture and you want to know a little bit more about fasting, there's actually only one place in scripture where fasting is actually commanded. It's commanded that on the day of atonement, there was one day of the entire year that God had set aside and he said, treat this as a Sabbath day in on this day, you are to fast. And so God raised up the people of Israel. They were his people. Uh, they were called out. They were set apart. What is Jesus challenging us to do as his followers? To be called out, to be set apart, to be noticeably different. And so in a culture that surrounded God's people that was about indulgence, God said, I wanna set a national precedent as my people. And on one day of the year, it's going to be a day of atonement for the sins of people. We are going to set aside this day to fast. And what would happen, and you can read about this in Leviticus chapter 16, but what would happen is the priest would sacrifice a lamb. He would take a lamb and he would take a goat. And the lamb would be used, an unblemished lamb would be used as a sacrifice for the people of Israel. And the goat would have its hands laid on it and the goat represented the sins of the people. And you know what they would do? They would release that goat out into the wilderness, hence the term scapegoat. It was a visual expectation that God has taken your sins and they are now gone the day of atonement. And on that day, everyone would fast. And they wouldn't just fast from food on this day, actually, they'd fast from food, they'd fast from drink, they would fast from sex, they would fast from anything um, that that could, they, they would fast from even wearing shoes, they didn't wear shoes that day. Anything that would keep their focus off of the fact that God had forgiven them of their sins. Go and read about it in Leviticus chapter 16. So the, the, the Jewish people When you look at fasting, and this is important for you to understand, it was always attached to repentance. The Day of Atonement was about the people repenting of their sins. And it was attached to humbling yourself before God. So fasting is this outward expression of an inward sorrow for your sins and a humbling yourself before God. In fact, if you look at the original language, this was awesome. This is something that I discovered this week. The phrase "to fast is virtually equivalent to the same phrase, humble yourself before God. They're almost identical phrases in the original language. So to fast was so closely connected with humbling yourself before God. And so what is fasting? I think it would be good for us to take this definition of what fasting is. Fasting is a humbling yourself before God. That's what it is. You're not abstaining from food for the sake of abstaining from food. You're not just abstaining from something for the sake of self-discipline, though that's good You are abstaining from something to humble yourself before God. You know what the Bible says? Those who humble themselves before God, God will lift them up. But in our world and in the context that Jesus is preaching in, people are about glorifying themselves. Our entire culture is about glorifying itself. To be known. We talked about generosity a couple weeks ago, right? The idea of being generous but capturing it all on video. Right, you maybe have to question the heart and the motive behind all of that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't share stories, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't celebrate things. Right, the building of basketball courts, the feeding of children. I think there's things that we celebrate because this is spiritual family. You celebrate things together as a family. But it's it's easy to just look at our world. People are about glorifying themselves. But fasting brings us into a state of humility. And the Jewish people knowing this, Jesus was addressing what people were doing with their fasting and how they were fasting in the wrong way, because the temptation in any religious practice is to say, hey, look at me, look at how holy I am, look at how good I am, look at how well I follow God. And that was exactly what was happening in this biblical context. The religious elite, the Pharisees, the scribes. What they would do is they would fast on Monday and Thursday. Again, remember, fasting is only commanded once in scripture on the day of atonement, but there was this practice of it. And and just because it's only commanded once doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it and we shouldn't implement it into our lives. Jesus says, when you fast, the Pharisees were fasting on Mondays and Thursdays. Great. That's an awesome thing. Hey, every Monday and Thursday, I'm going to fast. But what did Jesus say? It was like, they, they made themselves noticeable in the way that they fast, because here's why. The two busiest days of the week were Monday and Thursday. They were called marketplace days. They were the busiest times with the most people who would be hustling and bustling around the cities, communities, areas. And what would these religious leaders do? They would mess up their hair. They'd put on sack clothes. They'd put ashes on. They would try to make it as visibly noticeable that they were humble before God. And they would go around and they would seek the praises of people because people would be like, oh man, they fast every Monday and Thursday. Look at them walk through the marketplace. All this food, all of this temptation, all of this exchange is going on, but they're abstaining from it all. Look at how lowly they are. Look at how humble they are before God. Right? That's what was happening. And Jesus says, don't do that. And we do that today, right? We, we, we try to help people think that we're humble, right? It's why we have a hard time as a Christian. If you ever bought anything at full price, you have a hard time saying it was full price. So you just say, oh yeah, like I got it on sale. Because okay. it makes me feel humble, right? Listen, if you got the means and you bought it at full price, who cares? That's good for you. As long as you tithe and you give, great. If your money's ordered, do what you want with it. But we do that in a lot of things. And I, I think it's, I don't know if it's insecurity. I don't even, I don't even know if it's so much that you want to be noticed. I think it's just sometimes we don't know how to operate in our confidence with God. But these Pharisees, they were doing this completely to be recognized by the people around them. And Jesus says, Don't do that. When you fast, man, don't make it noticeable. Take a bath. Clean yourself up, wash your face, put on some oil. That was like lotion back in the day. Like be walking around with ashy skin, like get that lotion on. I can't, I, there's no way I could go without lotion. I have to put lotion on every day. Like I feel like I, my skin is like cracking. If I don't, I feel like I'm itching, like there's bugs on me. So like my wife's like, you use more lotion than anybody I know. I don't know, maybe I got dry skin or something. I got a special lotion from my face. I got a lotion from my body. I, fellas, change your life, man. <laughs> Listen, tip guys, don't be using that three-in-one body wash. You don't need to wash everything, head, face, body, none of that. Ladies, if you got a, you got a guy you're interested in and he uses like a three-in-one body wash, like that's a, that's a, it's just suspect. That's all. <laughs> the hygiene's a little suspect. You need something for your face, something for your body, something. You got three different things in there. So like, imagine this, man. Like I got my side of the shower. My wife's got her side. Anyways, (laughs) digress. This has nothing to do with fasting. But Jesus said, clean yourself up. Look presentable. Don't walk around like, I was just fasting. Really hungry. Like, just know. Operate with joy because, listen, there's no reward. The only reward if you're trying to please man is the applause that you get from man. That's the only reward. So what Jesus is saying in all of these religious practices is, listen, do them with the heart to glorify God because his rewards are ongoing. His rewards are great. His rewards are the ones that you want to see, not the rewards of man. And so, listen, with any religious practice, right, Because Jesus, listen, Jesus never tells us to stop religious practice, right? We can't let the pendulum swing so far because of legalistic church or or bad church experience that you've had or church hurt that you've experienced. You can't let the pendulum swing so far to the other side that it's just me and Jesus and that's all I need. I don't need to do anything else. Yeah, to earn your salvation, but salvation is just the beginning of your journey. God isn't just concerned about you're being saved from sin, salvation actually means whole restoration. So, he's also worried about what the, we would call in church terms your sanctification, the refining process of who you're becoming. And so, the religious practices help us become who God wants us to become. And when we do these things and we do them with the right heart, they bring glory to God. So Jesus doesn't toss them out and say, don't do them. But we've got to be careful because all religious practice, giving, prayer, serving, reading your Bible, taking communion, being baptized, showing up for church. Any of these things that we do and that are good things are absolutely, listen to this, are absolutely worthless if they are done to get the recognition of man and not to give God. All of it. Listen, is we're going to take communion at the end of service today, as we've been doing the last several weeks. If you take communion for any other reason than to remember the sacrifice of Jesus and commune with God, it's just bread in a little cup. If you do it because you're worried about me watching you and I don't watch any of you take it up here, I'm trying to focus on what I'm doing. If you're baptized and you did it because your parents wanted you to do it. You were baptized because you just felt like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to heaven. Like, listen, don't do anything. If you just read your Bible because somebody told you you had to read your Bible or because you want to make sure that somebody sees you reading your Bible or anything, no religious practice is worth anything if it's not done to grow in your relationship with God and to be in his presence and to give him glory. So we've got to wrestle with our heart. Listen to what um, John Stott says. He's a commentator and he he wrote this great commentary solely on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, we have to become so conscious of God that we cease to be self-conscious. To do something to be seen by man is bound to degrade it while to do it to be seen by God is bound to give it dignity. Leave that up there for a minute so people can take a picture of it if you wanna take a picture of it. Let me read it one more time. We have to become so conscious of God that we cease to be self-conscious. Anybody wanna get to that place? Oh man, I read that, I'm like, goals. Hashtag, whatever people say. That's goals. That's goals. To be so conscious of the presence of God that is with me always. Do you realize that? God's presence isn't confined to this room. The Holy Spirit lives within you. So when you go to work, when you go to school, when you're with your family, when you're out uh, at the state fair, when you're at a football game, the presence of God is with you. We should desire to be so conscious of God with us. That we cease to be self-conscious, not just in our insecurities, but in everything. The elimination of self, because when, when God, when God is in the middle of it all, it brings everything dignity. Mankind, when we're seeking out the approval of men and women, what happens is it degrades things. And so let's get to the, the, the practical side of things for us. Why should we fast? Another good question that we should we should answer what is fasting, and then why should we fast so i 've got three things for you today um, and 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 so listen again, like we 're learning together there 's a lot more to be said about fasting. there are a lot of lanes that we could go in in terms of, of fasting and the importance of fasting and different ways that you can fast and things like that and so um, I want to just give you three things that challenged me this, this week, and, and I think that these will be helpful to you. And there's no, there's no um, legalistic um, like side of this. You, you've got to take this content, and you've got to take these words of Jesus. And, and as I would encourage anybody is, is to leave this place and say, Holy Spirit, what does this mean for me? And, and what do I need to do in this area of, of fasting? And so the first thing that I would say to answer this question, why should we fast? Well, Jesus and the New Testament church practiced it. Jesus and the New Testament church practiced it. So you see, when you read about Jesus, Jesus, there was a period where he fasted for 40 days. 40 days, no food. You see, Moses in the Old Testament goes onto a mountaintop where he received the Ten Commandments. He was in God's presence. He fasted for 40 days. You see portions of Scripture in the New Testament that you'll read where the the disciples are being challenged and the Pharisees are saying, well, why don't your disciples fast like we fast or like John's disciples fast? And Jesus said, well, you don't fast when you're with the bride or with the bridegroom. But he said there will be a day that they fast. And so he was calling out legalism, but then you look in the New Testament and you see the apostles, the disciples, fasting was a regular part of their life. They fasted to to hear from God. They fasted to get clarity on decisions. They fasted in all different types of ways. And so solely because Jesus did it and the example set for us in the New Testament is there, we should do it. And that should be a stance that we take uh, with everything in our lives. If you ever ask, well, why? Why should I give? Why should I pray? Why should I fast? Why should I serve? Like if you, any of these things, why should I be baptized? Why should I take communion? Like we, we, we kind of have created a culture, uh, at least in, in our context, in our world, that, that we, we question things and that's good but we can't just question things for the sake of questioning them because a lot of times people question things just because they want to find an excuse not to do it. The answers are very simple. Look to Jesus and look to the example set at the early church. That's it. That should be reason enough for us to begin to implement some type of fasting in our lives. You know, when Jesus was fasting for 40 days, one of the temptations that came to him was bread, right? The enemy said, take these stones. You can turn them into bread and you can feed yourself. What what does Jesus say? He says, this is Satan. Man does not live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. So you know what fasting does? One of the reasons that I think fasting is important, one of the reasons I'm really figuring out how to implement this into my life after this study is that Fasting reminds us that our sustenance is not upon the things of this world, but upon who God is. So Jesus set the example, hey, listen, I don't need bread because I have the word of God. It doesn't mean that there isn't a physical need. There is a physical need, but it is a reminder that you are sustained by God. The very breath that you have is from God. The blood pumping in your veins is from God. The purpose of your life is from God. So fasting just reminds us that we don't live by bread alone, but we live by the word of God. We live by who God is. And again, the New Testament church practiced it, so I think we should practice it. Another reason why we should fast is that in a world of self-indulgence, we must learn self-discipline. Again, we don't fast solely for the sake of self-discipline, but if we can become self-disciplined in religious practices, it helps us guard ourselves from temptation. Again, we live in a world that is so self-indulgent. There's really not many things, and we all live in different socioeconomic categories, and that's fine, but in America, in our world, like, There's not much that we can't have or there's not that much that we can't go and buy if we really want or get it on credit. (laughs) There is a way to acquire. There is a way to indulge ourselves. And so in our world, in our context, as believers, one of the greatest things that we can put on display for people around us, not to say, hey, look at me, look at how religious I am, but to be seen as noticeably different is to practice self-discipline over self-indulgence. Fasting helps us To do that, when you can say, hey, listen, I can, I can take a step back from this. It does not have control over my life because we don't want anything in this world to be the master over us. We want to master things in our lives. And so that can be anything. I think it would serve us all well to, to take fast from different things that seem to have a grip on our lives. We don't want to be a slave to anything, to food, to drink, to, 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 to shopping, to technology. We don't. We want to be the master of those things, right? And so what fasting does, even fasting from food, any small discipline, if you were to say, hey, it's actually something my father did, like just a whole year, he said, for a whole year, I'm just not going to eat any chocolate chip cookies. That sounds like just whatever, doesn't sound super spiritual. Chocolate chip cookies. Where's that in the Bible? Right? Well, you know what it is a practice of? I don't know many people that are more self-disciplined than my father. Right? Like it, 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 saying no to something so small, then when the bigger temptations of things, you've, you've built muscle memory, spiritual muscle memory to be like, I can deny this. So that means I can deny that. Right? So many of us fall into temptation. And listen, Temptation isn't bad. We're all gonna face temptation. It's what you do with temptation, right? It's what you do with temptation. So when temptation comes and you're facing it, you're looking at temptation, do you give into it or do you have enough discipline to step away from it? Small fasting, small self-disciplines lead to bigger disciplines. And I believe as followers of Christ, we have to have disciplined lives. And so we've gotta be disciplined in certain areas of our life. And I believe fasting will, will help us uh, in that. It'll help us to keep from becoming slaves to our physical and material appetites. And lastly, and this is just probably the most just practical thing, it's actually good for your body. It's good for your body. I wish I had more time to spend on this and I don't wanna trek too far out of territory that I'm not an expert in at all. Um, but uh, i 'm I'm excited about this i 'm hoping that in the new year, uh, one of our groups that we 're going to have next next group season is actually going to be about the the physical and spiritual benefits of fasting and so hopefully we 'll be able to get that that group going but But listen, it is good for your body it 's interesting that We have all of this research coming out specifically about fasting and all sorts of other things. You can find research on worship. You can find research on prayer. You can find research on reading your Bible. You can find research just about on every spiritual discipline and what science and medicine are discovering is that, whoa, these things of God are actually beneficial for your body, your mind, your soul, your being, your relationships. Well, duh, the person that created them gave Regulations for them. So the God who created the body, this is not a news flash to him that it's good for your body to fast. So if you look at all the research and you look at all the data, fasting is a tremendous benefit to your body. And one of the things I believe that the church has sidestepped or overlooked um, for a very, very, very long time, if not forever, is the spiritual discipline of our temple, of our, of our body. It, 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 is, it is a hard thing to talk about because right in our, in this day of age of body shaming, like it's hard to say anything, but the truth is we should be healthy as Christians. And I'm not saying that's a certain look. Nobody needs to be a a, a, a cover model. And if you are a cover model, great for you, but like we don't need to have a distorted view of body image, but we need to have a healthy view of our body in this temple that God has given us. Too often we harp on tattoos and piercings, but we're okay with the Christian who drinks 52 ounces of soda every day, right. right? Like, like it's just a, just a reality, right? Like that's not sinful, but ah, he got his ears pierced. That's sinful. It doesn't even make any sense. Right, So like we have to have a real conversation about health because here's the thing. This is a temple that God has given us. Our body's dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And the healthier we are, and the more we take care of this temple that God has given us, the longer we have to bring him glory on this earth. It's not so I can have six pack. It's so I can bring glory to God. It's not so you can show off on Instagram that vacation bathing suit picture. I've been taking care of my temple, Proverbs 31. (laughs) Get the heck out of here. It's so you can bring glory to God. That is the importance of the temple. And so fasting is good for your body. I want to throw a slide up here and you can do some more research on this uh, on your own. Just benefits of fasting. So I, I, would, I would go to this, I actually just ordered this book uh, because in, in the new year, at the beginning of 2023, we are going to do a fast as a church. We're gonna do 21 days of fasting and we're gonna roll out what that's gonna look like. 21 days of fasting and prayer. The whole purpose of starting 2023 is going to be discovering a depth of relationship with God. Before we go anywhere else in 2023, I want our church to get close to God. And I believe prayer and fasting is gonna help us there. And I believe that God's gonna unroll some amazing things in the next year. But go to this um, website and you can check out some stuff. And he wrote a book. These guys are experts, but these are just some basic like health benefits of fasting. So you can take a picture of that or you can go to the website and you can start researching that. But I, I say this because we don't wanna neglect the, the, the physical body that God has given us. And so when we come to fasting, what is fasting? We've talked about that. Why should we fast is because Jesus in the New Testament church practiced it. In a world of self-indulgence, we've got to learn self-discipline. And it's good for your body. You know, what's interesting. I'm gonna call the band up as we get ready to close out. And this isn't the like inspiring message you came here today to hear like, it's just practical stuff. Jesus talked about it. We've got to talk about it. So listen, but you know what's interesting? How many times have you read the, the, the temptation of Jesus in the desert or you've heard about that and you, and you just thought, like at the end, right? Jesus is fasting for 40 days. And isn't it just like the enemy? Isn't it like the devil to just come at your weakest moment and start to tempt you, Right? Right? Wrong. Did you know after a fast that long that your body would have rejuvenated all of its cells that you would actually have more energy than you had previously? You look at Moses on the top of the mountain 40 days, no food. On huge tablets God carved didn't say Moses carved it says God carved out the 10 commandments and Moses had to carry them back down the mountain we think of this idea that fasting after 40 days would just leave us like so depleted and so the research is showing that extended periods of fasting actually bring strength to your body Something to think about I don't believe that Jesus was at his weakest when the enemy came. I believe that he was at the height of his strength because not only had he fasted and there was a physical renewal of his human body, there was also a renewal of his spirit because it's not just about the body. It's about the soul. It's about the spirit. And in that 40 days, he wasn't just abstaining from food. He was basking in the presence of God. And so listen, if you choose to leave the day and begin implementing fasting in your life, it's not just for the health benefits of it. It's not just for the self-discipline of it. We've gotta always remember that attached to fasting is a humbling ourselves before God. It's a recognition that in this time that I have set aside not to eat this or not to watch that or not to scroll this, if I've intentionally said, God, I am giving this to you because I wanna be humble before you. I wanna be reminded of my dependence on you. That's just some stuff to chew on and to think about as you consider implementing this practice of fasting in your life. And there's so many other things that we could talk about, but don't don't try to get legalistic about it. Don't leave the day and be like, I gotta do a 40 day fast. Maybe you do, but maybe you just need to fast for three days. Maybe there's something that has control of your life right now. Maybe you're addicted to your phone or addicted to Netflix or maybe you're just always eating certain things and it's not just for nourishment, it's, it's because you just can't stop. Maybe, maybe it's time to just take a step back and say, you know what? I wanna humble myself before God. I wanna call upon the strength of the Lord. God, this is holy. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna submit it to you. I'm gonna repent and say, God, this thing has had control in my life and I no longer give it power over me. And so I submit it to you and over the next three days, over the next 48 hours, over the next seven days, over whatever, talk to the Holy Spirit about it. I'm setting this aside so that you can work in my life and so that I can be humble before you and so that I can grow and so that you can get glory. Thanks for listening to the Trademark Church podcast. If this message inspired you today, feel free to share with friends, leave a rating and subscribe so you don't miss any of our weekly messages. This podcast and everything that we do at Trademark Church is only possible because of the generosity of those that call Trademark Church home. If you would like to give to the work that God is doing through Trademark, please visit trademark.church. Thanks again for checking out the podcast and we'll see you soon.